Bazaar is a podcast that deals with mature subject matter that some listeners may find offensive or upsetting. The Bazaar is not recommended for any listeners under 18 years of age. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to The Bazaar. Yes, they're doing vaccine mixing. Now the Canadian government's just like, let's... Like a little cocktail? Just just mix them up. I, what's the worst that could happen at this point, I think, is what everyone's thinking. That's fair. Well, I did read like a, a thing being like, if you were to get all of the vaccines, it, it wouldn't make you more immune, but it also probably wouldn't kill you. <laughs> so maybe that's what they're thinking. It would just give you like a third arm. We're not anti-vax. Like that sounds like we're anti-vax. We're not. No, we're not. <laughs> it's we're just it's an interesting it's it's just an interesting concept that the Canadian government's like, you know what? We're just gonna see what happens if you get two different vaccines. <laughs> I, that's like I saw a, I saw a headline on Twitter the other day where it was like breaking two year old who got Pfizer shot didn't die. And I was like, wait, was this a trial? Was this an accident? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Were we worried? Like, I'm upset yeah. now. <laughs> I know. I was like, what a headline. Like, it, a better headline would probably be like, like, success of like giving, like, give, like, two year old given Pfizer vaccine a success like or something instead of being like we thought maybe this baby would die if we gave it a vaccine thank <laughs> god like, it didn't that's like you going into the vaccine going in to get the vaccine and they put it in your arm and then afterwards the doctor stands back and goes oh thank god you lived like wh- was there a concern <laughs> yeah like why are we why are we testing this for a baby <laughs> yeah first of all a baby i i don't Here's my thing as well. When I see couples going out to like the grocery store right now with the baby, I'm like, one of you couldn't have stayed in the car with the baby. Like, do we have to bring the baby in public spaces during a pandemic? The infant's not going to know. It's not going to need this vital experience of the grocery store. Uh, it really isn't. Many questions. No. Not, no one should be rushing to procreate right now. No. I'm just going to put that out um, there. Just in case anyone is wondering... Uh, I got my first shot of Pfizer, so I got the hot person vaccine. Oh, oh no! What if I get Moderna? Are you are you not going to be friends with me anymore? Um, no, if you get Moderna, then you have Dolly Parton merch injected into your veins, and I appreciate that. I thought you were going to say I have Dolly Parton herself. I mean that too. Wow. I like. I was a little bit upset that I didn't get Moderna, literally just because. The fact that Dolly Parton supported it so much herself um, really speaks to me. So, <laughs> any anything that's good enough for Dolly Parton is good enough for me. Thank you. Exactly. That's, exactly. If she likes it, I'm gonna get it. Because of her, I randomly had this thought of like, I'm gonna buy cowboy boots this summer to wear. Where? I'm not going anywhere. I don't know. I think I would look dumb as hell in cowboy boots, but Dolly Parton wears them. So, should I wear them? Right? Yep. That's the thought I had. And then I was like, might as well get a cowboy hat and then I'll look like a real fool. It's fine. <laughs> Welcome 
<laughs> to the you know, true crime the podcast where Morgan and I literally never talk about true crime. Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Wait, it's your welcome week- to the one time of welcome to the one time a week that uh, Alicia and I talk face to face. Yes. Um over Zoom. So you just get what our conversation is. <laughs> you just get everything that we we're updating each other on what we've missed. Um yep. Well, I kind of see your face more than once a week. Like you don't see mine, but I see yours because you, all your Instagram stories of you at work, I watch them all. That's true. true. I get like a Morgan. You do. No, it's fantastic. (laughs) But I get a Morgan update like every day, every work day, every day that Morgan works, I get, I get a Morgan update. So I'm like filled in on her life and what vibe she's feeling. Wait, 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 before we get started, I don't know if this is old news or new news. You saw that Sailor, uh, Sailor Moon film is coming to Netflix? Oh, I have been following this for years. Don't you worry. Um, yeah, two Sailor Moon movies. There's two? There's two. It's two parts. Um, oh, got it. Mm-hmm. No, it's been in a... Uh, there was that whole like new like Sailor Moon crystal that came out in, I think, 2016, like 2015, mm-hmm. 2016 which is like a re a remake of the original like Sailor Moon. Uh, but it's like more based on like the like books, the manga instead of... Oh. Sorry, I don't know why. Leia decided she wanted to chirp in there and be <laughs> just give her opinions on Sailor Moon. Yeah, it was a like they started remaking uh, the show like with mm-hmm. new animation and everything like that and like slightly new, like not new storylines, but different tellings of them. Mm. Um, and they did three seasons like that of like an anime and then they stopped for a while and now this movie has come out and it's like a condition, but I'm excited to watch it. I haven't to Netflix and I'm so excited. I haven't engaged in like Sailor Moon content since I was a child. Um, so I, I don't remember much. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a day out of it. I'll find out which Sailor Scout I am. We'll do the quiz. It'll be, we'll do a special episode, maybe. That There's nothing it. true crime related with Sailor Moon, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> Hopefully just, not. Sailor Moon, is my, <laughs> Sailor Moon is just like my comfort show. Mm. So I love it so much. I got a whole I've, freaking tattoo, so. <laughs> I've noticed that my one of my comfort shows, similarly to that, is... Um, Castlevania, which is obscene because it's not, it's very violent. It's a very violent Netflix TV show. I don't know why that's my, one of my comfort shows, but it is. And that's one of the nerdiest things I've ever said. But Avatar The Last Airbender, I think, is also my comfort show. Um, oh, yeah, that one's good. I, I just discovered it this year, so I am very new to it. Um, but uh, Toph specifically is my comfort character. Um, I love Toph no, entirely. That, that <laughs> I watched all of the. Uh, I watched all of. Um, Jane just barreled I into watched, the room, fucking talking. Uh, she's like ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, I watched all of Airbender in high school. See, I wish I knew it in high school. I was very into the Justice League and like Teen Titans in high school. Mm. That was like my animated comfort show back then. Speaking of uh, Teen Titans, the DC Titans TV show was filming uh, like down the street from my work uh, yesterday. 
I have some very sad tea about that show. You're going to be upset. Oh, um, I don't watch it. I just got really excited because I walked oh. down the street and there was a um, a building that was dressed up to be a Gotham City noodle joint. And I just got excited because it looked fun. <laughs> I've never watched the TV show because I hold the original animated Teen Titans TV series in too high regard. And I'm worried that it's going to break you it. As you should. I... I have a friend who's worked on that show. Well, not a friend. Let's say like an acquaintance. A- apparently, the guy who plays Robin or like Nightwing, like Dick Grayson, is a horrible person. <laughs> and yeah, that made me upset. <laughs> this is our uh, celebrity gossip podcast now. Uh, <laughs> um no, yeah, I just got really excited because I was like, Gotham City Noodles? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. I love that for so, you. Anyway, that's my tea for the week. That's, we should just call this our tea section. It's not even like yeah. a cup of tea. It's a whole fucking pot at this point. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> should I put the pot on? Just yeah. Fucking massive. <laughs> I love it. Okay, what do, you, what do you got for us this week? Um, I have a fun, funky little, like, slight dip away from casual, no, not that, that's not the right word to say. Were you just going to say from casual murder? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh, God. Um, I've got a slight dip away from the normal like someone killed someone we don't know who it is situation Mm -hmm. um and i'm gonna talk about something that could be spooky could just be normal oh could just be mother nature getting back at us (laughs) Uh, okay this is gonna be interesting um i'm I'm not talking about mount everest again don't worry (laughs) (laughs) we've covered our mountains (laughs) We've got um, that. We've got the Dietzlov Pass. I don't think yeah. there are any other mystery mountains, are there? I mean, there are mysteries around mountains, I think. Probably. I, I feel like, yeah, who knows? I, I'm not going near one anytime soon, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, but my question is, Alicia, have you ever visited a national park? Yes. One in California, don't know what it was called. It wasn't Yosemite, uh, but yes, and uh, hugged a very big tree. Why? Mm. Um, because today we're going to be talking about disappearances in national parks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> no. All right, should we we just end the episode then? I'm gonna. <laughs> Mm. It'll just be a solo show today. Um, Alicia doesn't want to hear this. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> okay, fine. Just ruin my life. It's fine. Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm pretty sure this. I'm pretty sure all of the things I got today were from uh, American national parks. So oh, that's fine. So Canadian national parks seem to be uh, pretty pretty sorry, safe. Canadian provincial parks oh, true. seem to be pretty okay that's because um, we have like canadian bears and they're just really like apologetic yeah. and like canadian aliens <laughs> and they just they get it you know 
They understand not to abduct someone on their vacation. They're just here for the poutine. They are, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so every single year, Americans and international visitors visit national parks to partake in wholesome outdoor activities. They hike, they fish, hunt, go camping. It's fun. It's a wholesome activity, you know? <laughs> Sorry, my computer just made a sound, and as you were leading into the scary hiking tales, <laughs> I, I almost peaked my pants. Continue. <laughs> Um, national parks are considered to be one of the healthiest places to go, and that's why so many families visit them every single year. Uh, but as wholesome and safe as people assume national parks to be, there seems to be a rarely discussed dark side to these places that most people don't seem to be aware about. Um, more specifically, it's the fact that strange disappearances in national parks seem to be way more frequent than they should be. Every ah, year, yeah. yeah, every year, hundreds of cases of strange disappearances happen, and only a handful of people are ever seen again after these disappearances. Uh, even more, the disappearances that happen often seem totally illogical, bizarre, or unexplainable, even to those who are highly equipped to solve mysteries. Oh, they're talking about us. Yeah, it's us. Well, it's they us. said. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, like like I said, bizarre, right? And they're you've, like... You, you've heard of Scooby-Doo. You've heard of Nancy Drew. Now it's two Wait. white girls with a true crime podcast. <laughs> it's a couple white nerds. <laughs> Here we are. Uh-huh. Um, where was I? Oh, no. I don't know. Sorry. I um, was just like, oh, God. Uh, oh, a slight side tangent also. Um, I find I follow someone on TikTok, speaking of national parks, I follow someone on TikTok who is a park ranger who lives in one of those like fire watch towers. Absolutely. That's a job I would never want. But like her TikToks are so cool. No. Nope. Like she, no, I know. It, it seems like a terrifying job. Um, like, don't get me wrong. However, mm -hmm. Like, the view she gets is so beautiful. And, like, the cabin she has is just so cool. Like, that is what's, like, really cool to me. Not necessarily the job, but the, like, yeah. lo location, you know? Well, she's in the ideal position if, like, the apocalypse ever does come. Like, because I feel like we're screwed because we're in a city. But she's already, like... But, like, how terrifying is it that you don't really know what's going on? Like, maybe you get a few distress calls and then suddenly you're just left alone. No one, like, no one sends you any food anymore. It just goes radio silent. Yeah, but, like, I feel like if you're up there, you already know how to, like, I don't want to say eat a bear, but, like, you're, like, ready for shit. Like, I feel like she has a flare gun. I don't really know what wilderness people do, but I feel like there's always a flare gun, like, at least in movies that involve wilderness people. Like, there's always a flare gun, so. That's true. I love how that's my yeah, only right. saving grace is a flare gun. <laughs> yeah, there's a flare gun. She's um, fine. <laughs> all right. Well, back to the actual. Uh, she's fine. It'll be fine. Uh, back to the actual uh, topic at hand. Uh, <laughs> uh. So this phenomenon was first discovered in Missing 411 by researcher David Polides. And uh, here are some of the more 
I, I, words. Um, he discovered some of the more chilling and uncovered stories, all of which happen in America's national parks. Um, so the first one we're going to be talking about is the case of John Doe. Perhaps one of the more baffling um, of the strange disappearances in national parks is the disappearance and reappearance of a young boy known as John Doe. John Doe was actually mentioned um, on a... Um, nope, ignore that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry? No. <laughs> Never He's, mind. Um, nah. In an interview... In an interview that John Doe was mentioned on, um, the three-year-old was last seen flying uh, near a fly fishing river, and then he promptly vanished for five hours. Uh, a search party found him dazed but unharmed in the middle of a grove of trees. Uh, and apparently this kid had like a very strange story to tell, which is odd to me because he was three years old, but... Anyway. Now, what story is um, he going to tell? Shapes? Like... <laughs> Clouds. <laughs> um, so when investigators asked the boy what happened while he vanished, he said that he followed a woman who looked like his grandmother to a mountain. He then found himself in a room that had a bunch of motionless robots and weapons lying all over a dusty floor. The boy then claimed that he noticed a strange glow coming from the strange old woman's head. And then, most puzzling, puzzlingly of all, she asked him to defecate on a piece of paper, and then the boy claimed that she got agitated and aggressive when he refused to do so. <laughs> You're saying an old woman appeared. She had light in her head, and she wanted a little boy to shit on a piece of paper. Yes. No. That sounds like dehydration to me. Uh-huh. Uh, the woman then said that the boy was from outer space and that he was planted in his mother's womb. She then told him to go and wait in the trees until he was found. No one has any idea where the boy was when he disappeared. It This one really, I started with this one because this one is like the easiest explainable. Like this one is easily yeah. explainable. Um because he was a small child and probably dehydrated and confused and scared. And his mind was just trying to like cope Makes with that. Sense. Yeah. Um, or he could have just found a homeless woman in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> just some fatty old lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit on this piece of paper. It'll save us. <laughs> um, it, it, it'd be so easy to say that the disappearance of John Doe was just a child's overactive imagination. However, there is something very bizarre about this disappearance case that gives some credit to his story. Uh, his grandmother, who had gone camping with him, claimed that she was dragged out of her tent late at night. She woke up with a strange pain in the back of her neck and found two small holes near the back of her head. So she also was screwed with and she was with him. That's she was weird. with him, yeah. Um, so this one, like most uh, disappearances for children uh, in national parks, it can be explained away by kidnappers, but it seems to be that like this wasn't a kidnap. 
but also not yeah probably just a kid like the grandmother part is a little bit weird the fact that like she was pulled out of her tent in the middle of the night like maybe she just went sleepwalking like maybe she slept walked and then like got a shit spider bite or something i don't know is she okay like mentally Maybe it was the grandmother. It did. And maybe it was literally just her the entire time and she had a little bit of a weird trip. Yeah. More of a probability of that in my mind. Uh-huh. Um, so the next one is uh, about Alfred Bilehearts. So in 1938, four-year-old Alfred Bilehearts was vacationing with his family in Colorado's Rocky Mountain National Park. His parents were watching him carefully as they went out for a quick hike near a river. Then, without warning or trace, he vanished. It is among one of the strange, the strangest disappearances in national parks. He was only feet away from his family, and then he was just gone. A six-mile shir- search... Search... <laughs> you okay, six-mile... Oh, totally. A six-mile <laughs> search of the area that he disappeared showed nothing... However, dogs were able to trace his scent 500 feet uphill from where he vanished. So not downhill. It's not like he fell. They found his scent upwards. The only problem was that there were no footprints and no Alfred to be seen. Stranger is that the dogs traced the scent. Uh, the dogs that traced the scent seemed to be confused by what they were smelling, and they quickly lost the scent. Once dogs traced the scent uphill. The two, uh, the two dogs began to cock their heads and look nervous, and eventually both bloodhounds ended up lying down on the ground, unable to go any further on any of the trail. Alarmingly, some hikers who were walking six miles away from where Alfred disappeared claimed they saw a young boy in, particu- in a particularly dangerous and difficult-to-reach rock outcrop called the Devil's Nest. The two hikers said that they had been that they'd only seen the boy minutes after he allegedly disappeared. And even stranger, they claimed that the boy seemed dazed and upset, but then appeared to be jerked back by an unknown force. A four-year-old boy would not reasonably or logically be able to travel six miles and uphill over three thousand feet on his own that quickly. <laughs> And even the survival specialists who searched for him needed specialized equipment to get where people say they saw him last. So who or what grabbed this small child and what happened to him? Uh, We may never know because he was never found. And to this day, his case is one of the most unexplained and disturbingly strange disappearances in National Park It's the, for me, like one of the biggest problems I have with like supernatural horror movies, it freaks me out is like the, when you see someone get dragged back or like pulled like that for Mm -hmm. me is so like, that is the scariest part for me that, that fact, that fact right there. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck happened? (sighs) That's uh, I, okay. I'm fine. It's fine. Uh, Um, all right. The next is Kenny Miller. Kenny Kenny Miller was 12 in 1992, but he had the mental capacity of a four-year-old. As a result, his parents knew that they had to be careful and watch over him when they went to Yosemite National Park. Cool. Sorry, is that like like, he's saying he was like super smart? No, 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 no. He was like, he, he had a learning disability. 
I heard other way first, around. Sorry, did you say he was two and he had the learning capability of a four year old, or he was no tw- twelve? I heard two, so I was like, "Wow, good for him!" Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, he was twelve. Um, had the got it. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> Um, so his parents left him to throw pebbles at a pond while they prepared dinner. I like how it's like the parents were like, we really got to keep an eye on this kid. We're going to leave him throwing pebbles in a pond and go make dinner. Bye-bye. Yeah. Um, Fine. The rocks will look after. (laughs) It was the nineties. It was, that's Um, true. Actually parents were like, you could do anything in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, Taking occasional seconds, uh, oh, the, so his parents left to throw pebbles at a pond. No, wait. <laughs> his parents left him to throw pebbles at a pond. They're gonna say they, they went dinner. <laughs> yeah. They make the kid um, prepare dinner. They're throwing pebbles at the pond. Um, <laughs> and they would occasionally take seconds to make sure that he was still there, where he was supposed to be. However, much like what happened to young Alfred, uh. Kenny Miller ended up being one of the many victims to the strange disappearances. Uh, he vanished without a trace. A month later, a group of hikers found Kenny's body 15,000 or sorry, 1500 feet above the area where he was last seen. The area where he was found was notoriously inaccessible, rocky and filled with painful bushes. No one knows how a boy with the mental capacity of a young child would have been able to figure out how to get there. And still to this day, they have no idea who or what managed to get the boy so far up the mountain. All of these are are young boys, correct? Yeah, we'll we'll get we'll we'll get away from that soon. But yeah, it's mostly like a lot of the really strange disappearances are children. That's that's what makes it creepier. Like I said, anytime there's a horror movie that involves kids or some shit like this, I'm like, mm-mm. But also, it, it makes you feel a little bit better because I, I don't know about you, but I am not a 12-year-old boy, so. Um, I have the personality of a 12-year-old boy, so I am a little concerned. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next one we'll talk about is David Gonzalez. Uh, nine-year-old David Gonzalez went camping with his family in San Bernardino National Forest. At one point, he asked his mother if he could go get some cookies from the family car. 40 minutes passed, and his mother realized that David had never returned. How far away was this car? Like, <laughs> Also, like, my parents were, were pretty good with me, but they would never let me just go and do that because, like, they know, A, I'm a child and I'm an idiot. B, I'm a child and I'm an idiot. Like, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh So they realized that, uh, so the mom realized after 40 minutes, the mom realized David never returned and that the cookies that he wanted to grab were still inside the car. So he never got to the car. He was never found alive again. And his death is viewed as one of the strange disappearances. Um, A week later, his badly decomposed body was found only a mile away from where he went missing. Mysteriously, this area was already combed days prior so this means that this boy must have been dropped there by someone or something an autopsy revealed no trauma and no overt injury david gonzalez was just dead without any reason or clue as to why this already is baffling especially considering the power of forensics and skill of investigators 
But what makes this case so strange is not his disappearance alone. It's the way the local authorities and investigators seem to handle the case. Classic. To put it simply, the police and investigators were flipping about it. Any Ugh. questions asked, yeah, any questions asked uh, were answered with vague replies. And even when uh, the family asked authorities for records about David, he was, uh, they were met with hostility. The officials claimed that David was dragged off by a mountain lion, despite no injuries that would have suggested that to be his fate. No one nearby heard David scream either. And, like, if the kid was suddenly attacked by a mountain lion, <laughs> you think you would hear a scream. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you would. That is a... Not that I've been attacked. I say that like I've been attacked by a mountain lion. On my many occasions being attacked by a mountain lion. <laughs> um, I've been a victim of mountain lion attacks twice in my life. No. It just doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They just uh, always find me. <laughs> Authorities in most cases involving strange disappearances are wrapped with attention and will scour every last inch of the terrain to find a missing child. However, when it comes to strange disappearances in national parks, many officials seem unwilling to be full, fully open and honest. David's parents have gone on record to say that they don't believe David just got dragged off by a cougar and they believe that he was kidnapped and that he, was, he, that he still may be alive somewhere and that the body wasn't actually his. Some believe that authorities know more than what they're saying, and at the very least, it's clear that there's a lot more mystery and danger in the woods than that they were willing to admit. So, it's Jesus. one of those things where, like, I remember seeing a video a while ago about, like, someone talking about how, like, we don't, like, national parks are so dense that there are literal parts of, like, national parks that, like, we just don't know. They, of course, like the authorities, know, first of all, know more that they're saying. That's yeah. literally like always with authorities. I, I just like hearing this. I don't think I would rush to do a family trip to a national park anytime no, yeah. soon. Um, I also, I saw a video again, a TikTok of someone. This is what like TikTok this, education. This is, what, this is what made me think that I wanted to do the story this week. Is that um, there was like someone talking about how they were on a plane over um like going somewhere in australia mm -hmm. but it was like a tour plane um and they were going over like a really densely wooded area and there was just like smoke billowing out of like the middle of uh like a really densely wooded area and the pilot said that it was most likely a um an indigenous tribe that had never ever been in contact with the world around them like it was so secluded and unreachable by other humans that like it was most likely it was likely that there was an indigenous tribe that like had just never made contact with any kind of like modern civilization that's nuts to me like but that yeah. makes sense it's the same reason why like everyone says we haven't uncovered most of what's under the ocean like yeah Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody it's so knows. wild. Anyway, um, back to disappearances. So now... Back to terrible things. Not all of the strange disappearances in national parks happen to young children. Sorry, Alicia. Fuck, Morgan. 
Uh, Thelma Pauline Melton, also called Polly by her friends, was 58 when she vanished. Well, I'm not 58 yet. <laughs> during, uh, during her camping trip with her friends in the Great Smoky Mountains. Uh, Polly was not exactly a normal candidate for a disappearing uh, act for a number of reasons. For one thing, she had medical problems that caused her to hike at a very slow pace. She was also a happy but well put happy well put together person that no one believed would have any reason to want to disappear. Is that my mom <laughs> describing my mother to me right now? <laughs> um, simply put, it didn't seem like she would want to do anything drastic that would cause like imminent death or like danger right. to herself. To make matters stranger, Polly had been hiking the trail that she had vanished on for over 20 years. She knew the terrain and it wasn't likely that she would just get lost on it. Perhaps that's why her friends were so alarmed when she vanished while hiking with them. And just like with the other national park disappearances, one moment she was there and the next she was gone. She didn't make any noise and no trace of her was ever found. It's the silence for me. Like, uh -huh. I, but then again, would you really be able to hear anything out there? Like hypothetically, if like she went, if she was like far enough away, same with the other people. Like if, if these places are so dense and so large, right? Like maybe it makes sense then that no one would hear them just because of how big the area is. Right. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's the silence. That's really creepy though. Things seem sure. to echo in the woods though, you know? Okay, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go out in the middle of the woods. We're going to scream for each other. We're going to see if the other person hears it. That's how we know. Perfect. We're going to science this. We're just going <laughs> to take it missing. to the field. <laughs> so be it. It's for science. <laughs> um, so next is a little departure, but I found this and thought it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the Cowden Family Massacre. So um, this could be an episode in itself, but just like a briefly th brief little thing. Um, seven and a half months after the Cowden family was reported missing in 1974, police found their bodies, and the Cow um, they found their bodies in the uh, Siskiyou Mountains in Applegate, Oregon, and over Labor Day weekend, uh, sorry, they found their bodies in Applegate, Oregon over the Labor Day weekend in 1974, but failed to show up. Hello? What? <laughs> I read this entirely wrong. Please hold. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Half months after the Cowden family was reported missing in 1974, police found their bodies. They had been camping uh, in the Siskiyou Mountains in Applegate, Oregon over Labor Day weekend in 1974, but failed to show up for dinner at uh, their mother's house on September 1st. Media accounts from the time described their campsite as undisturbed, as if the family left abruptly, and investigators later postulated that they had been abducted. Their bodies were discovered in April 1975, about 100 feet from the campsite, Richard's body was found, uh, the father was found tied to a tree, while the bodies of his wife and two small children were found in a cave with rocks sealing the entrance. Uh, 
a man by the name of Dwayne Lee Little, who was a rapist and killer serving two life sentences, allegedly confessed to a fellow inmate that he murdered the Cowdens while on parole, but there is no conviction and no evidence uh, stating that he did, and the case remains open to this day. Oh, it's the rocks covering the bodies for me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, now... For Dennis Martin, perhaps one of the most famous strange disappearances in National Park history. I was going to say, why does that sound so familiar to me? I feel like Mm. I've heard of this. Uh, It happened in 1969. (laughs) 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 Um, Sorry. It happened in 1969 to a young boy who named Dennis Martin, who named... Whose name was? Is that the word you're looking for? Uh-huh. You got it. It's okay. <laughs> uh, to a young boy named Dennis Martin. Six-year-old Dennis Martin was vacationing with his family in the middle of the Great Smoky Mountains in a popular spot called Spence Field. While his parents were talking to another adult, Dennis, his brother, and some kids decided that it'd be funny to play a prank on his family. <laughs> kids are assholes. Uh-huh. They all decided to split up, hide, and jump out to scare their parents in a harmless prank. Three of the boys went one way and Dennis went the other. The four kids hid, but only three jumped out, and Dennis just vanished without anyone ever seeing him. God damn it, Dennis. Six mi- yeah. Six miles from Spence Field, a young boy screamed and claimed that he saw what first looked like a bear, but then looked like a large man with some stra- something strange slung over his shoulder. A frantic search party started almost immediately, but no trace of Dennis was found. The search party lasted until night, when torrential rain washed away any scent that could potentially be used by bloodhounds to find the missing child. Within the subsequent days, the FBI the Green Berets, the police, and just about every other form of official aid was dispatched to find Dennis Martin, but no footprints or articles of clothing belonging to him ever showed up. What's really bizarre about this case is that the government, um, is the government reaction to it. The leader of the FBI group who organized the search committed, uh, the, Jesus, (laughs) the leader of the FBI group who had organized the search for Dennis just for unknown reasons committed suicide after this. And another special forces member by the name of Harold Cleveland later issued a statement in 2014 in which he says something paranormal must have been afoot. Um, In a statement that he sent to news of the weird, he wrote a letter saying our special forces are never called to assist in civilian operations. That falls to the local National Guard and approved by the state governor. The fact that they were armed as well is another huge no-no. During my command and every other mission I was aware of, we were not allowed by federal protocol to uh, be armed. Something is very wrong with this missing kid scenario. I've done some research on this case both while on active duty and after my retirement, The inside facts of this case depict a frightening investigation. Bottom line is that searching started within a few minutes of the boy's disappearance and lasted three months with every resource imaginable imaginable being deployed. The Green Berets that were tasked in this search were there for a specific reason. 
They were armed for a specific reason. I can't and won't say why because my oath documents won't allow it. But I will remind you of these facts. Nationwide, there have been only four occasions where the special forces were brought in on a civilian missing persons case. Two of these involved a possible armed perpetrator. The other two were this case and another similar to it about three years later and regionally nearby. This is out of thousands of missing cases since the early 60s when our special troops were born. In other, in other words, there's something potentially terrifying living in the national parks related to all of these strange incidences. And we as civilians just don't know what's going on. Uh, but judging by the note that guy wrote, we probably don't want to know. <laughs> okay, I'm thinking it's Bigfoot. It's just a bunch of big big feet? Is it what's the plural? It's a, a horde of big bigfoots, big feets. <laughs> There's a bunch of big feet. No. There's a bunch of big feet. <laughs> that is terrifying. If I mean yeah. the second someone professional speaks out about it, that's when I'm afraid. Also, the fact that he was like, I can't say why under oath. Like, why? Like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> um, what has yeah, that man so, seen? That's what I want to know. And it's also like, oh, God, I don't know. Like, my thought, my thought process is that most, if not all, of these disappearances can be chalked up to, like I said, like people living in the woods that have just never, ever been in contact with modern civilization. Yeah. Like, I still think most of these things, especially because a lot of them are kids, can be chalked up by, like, kidnapping, but kidnapping by people who, like, never leave the parks. Just some crazy wilderness man. Yeah. That, these stories are so, in, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wow. And there's even more. Like, these are just, like, kind of the, like, top of the crop, but, like, there are so many more. I, I remember I covered this one of this girl who went missing in Costa Rica and they found like bits of her body like strewn around Costa Rica and they couldn't understand how oh. or why that happened. <laughs> um, so I, you know what, everyone, what's my favorite murder say? Stay out of the woods. Like, why, why do you need to go in there? Unless you're Bear grills. just leave it. And you have a camera crew with you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. You need to have that camera crew with you. Yeah. Document everything. You, you need to have someone watching your six at all times. Buddy system. Buddy it up. You're never too old for the buddy system. In my humble opinion. I've never been to a national park and I don't know that I ever will be. That's a lie. I probably want to go to just see the big trees. I've always wanted but to go to like Yosemite, but I feel like I'd go missing there. So That's fair. So maybe not. We'll see. I want to go to like some sort of provincial park in BC because they got like... Looks cool there. We'll go together or something. We'll go together. We just have to hold hands the entire time. That's the rule. Perfect. Yeah. People will think we're a couple. Let them. Let them. Maybe we are. It's fine. It's fine. You'll never know. Then I'll never know. That what what uh, an episode! I am so happy. I don't live out in the middle of nowhere. Uh huh. It's no to the country life for me. I'm going to go enjoy my urban lifestyle. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, stay out of the wilderness. Don't become a wilderness explorer or like park ranger. No, that's my only advice for you guys today. Happy Friday. Uh, Word for, to the wise, just because it's a national park does not mean it's not still literally the middle of nowhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just, it just means it's protected land. It doesn't mean that they know every inch of it. I can promise you they don't. (laughs) Damn straight. This has been The Bazaar. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Bazaar Pod. Please rate, review, and subscribe for more bizarre content.